It is Friday, October 11th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 6 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool, which is available now on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks.com, you can you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, covering cash and GPP lineups, and let's hope that you, and frankly that we, can do what one DS subscriber accomplished last week on FanDuel. Tell us about it, Jared. Yeah, big congrats to Curtis Hall, DS member who took down 10K. On FanDuel last week, um, he had the Deshaun Watson to Will Fuller stack, had Aaron Jones, had Christian McCaffrey, had Josh Jacobs. I think a, a really nice play that I wasn't on last week in that game against the Bears. Um, and he had the Eagles D, which I think was you know key to winning tournaments last week. So awesome lineup, and congrats to Curtis Hall. Yeah, congrats. And then here's to the chances of winning more money this weekend for him and us. I, maybe I'll hit him up for some lineup advice this time around. <laughs> yeah, really. You will also find our next set of lineups for the Shark Duel. On Draft Sharks, which Jared took down last week, Carson Wentz, David Montgomery disappointed, but really the thing that killed me most was Mike Evans giving a zero. Any any takeaways from your triumphant lineup? No, I mean I I, I mean I played Keenan Allen, who only outscored Mike Evans by three point eight points, so that was disappointing. I mean I, I think the difference was, and I was going you know back and forth between Carson Wentz and Tom Brady. I thought they were both good plays, and you know Wentz just sort of got game flowed out of it. Brady ended up outscoring him by about. 13 points, and that was the difference. Yep. We'll both be back at it for week six. You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Jared, hit our waiting ears with a cash quarterback. Kyler Murray for me at $7,700. Um, I love this Cardinals-Falcons game. It's going to be a fast-paced game. Both these offensive rank uh, top five in situation neutral pace. They're both top 10 in situation neutral pass rate, so it should be Lots of plays, lots of passing. Kyler Murray had a nice fantasy game last week without even throwing a passing touchdown. Um, but I, you know, I thought it was the best he's looked as a passer so far this season. Pro Football Focus agrees they gave him his highest passing grade of the year. Murray still Murray and the Cardinals in general having trouble in the red zone. That's sort of what's holding them back. They're not converting their red zone trips into touchdowns. If that starts happening, then we're really going to get the ceiling game from Kyler Murray. And I think that could definitely happen this week at home against a horrible Falcons defense that, you know, of course, just gave up that huge game to Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. Yeah, just gave up $10,000 to Curtis Hall. <laughs> uh, I, I can't argue with Kyler Murray as either a cash or a tournament. I guess the only slight knock might be that he's going to be fairly highly owned among quarterbacks this week, but that's certainly not affecting the cash side. And it's definitely not going to be highly enough owned to change how you're planning to use them. So if I think this might be the, the best blow-up spot. It feels like we talk about blow-up spots for Kyler Murray every week, but I think this is the best chance that he's had so far. I agree, yeah, because, I mean, unlike last week, I think the Falcons will be able to put points on the board and sort of, you know, keep keep the Cardinals offense playing aggressive. 
Uh, I also like Lamar Jackson on the cash side. Even that 8200 bucks, it's the third highest salary at the position. He still tops all quarterbacks in our FanDuel dollars per point projections. And four of the next five guys behind him on the list are also at 7700 or more. So he's not uh, that far ahead of the other guys near him on the value list. It's a good matchup with Cincinnati. The Bengals have actually not, by the numbers, been a tremendous quarterback matchup so far. But part of that is that they're just allowing too much on the ground. Three opponents so far have topped 400 total yards. Two opponents have topped 500 total yards, including the Cardinals last week. Football Outsiders has the Bengals as the second worst pass defense in the league. Jackson actually leads all quarterbacks in FanDuel points per game on the year. And that score that's because the scoring downplays slightly passing yardage, a point per 25 passing yards as opposed to a point per 20. Last week against Pittsburgh was the first time that Lamar Jackson has failed to top 21 FanDuel points in a game this year. And of course, his rushing raises the floor just in case he has a rough passing day. Yeah, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's in play in cash. He's actually my top tournament option. I think I think he might have a higher ceiling even than Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, you talked about how bad the Bengals defense has been. Part of that has been giving up big rushing production to quarterbacks. Um, Josh Allen ran for 46 yards against the Bengals. Kyler Murray just last week, 93 yards in a touchdown. So Lamar is my favorite tournament play at quarterback. I agree. And I think you can stack Lamar Jackson with Mark Ingram. I think you can stack him with Mark Andrews. The Mark Andrews is probably the best one because you want to have the pass catcher with him. And even though he has added a shoulder issue to the foot issue, Mark Andrews still returned to a limited practice Tuesday. So it seems like he should be on track to play. Bengals are 31st in tight end coverage, according to Football Outsiders. Pro Football Focus has Andrews versus safety Sean Williams as the biggest mismatch on the tight end, tight end coverage chart. Uh, Andrews is... Uh, not headed for that high ownership either. He's headed for mm-hmm. lower than usual. And Ingram is in- Ingram is headed for, uh, it looks like double digits. I had him written down at, at a low rate earlier, but those have since changed. So I, I still think both of them are in play. And I think the stack with the running back and the quarterback is something that not too many people are going to do. Yeah, I agree. I think Lamar and Ingram will be low owned. Um, I like the Lamar and Mark Andrews idea. And I think you can bring it back on the other side with Tyler Boyd. I would consider Matt Ryan with some combo of his top three pass catchers, Austin Hooper, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, like Mohamed Sanu, but I, the Mohamed Sanu price isn't as good on FanDuel as it is on DraftKings this week. Yeah, I agree. And then Sanu just doesn't have the upside, I don't think, of guys like Ridley and Julio. All right, running back. Uh, what you got over there? Running back. Uh, so uh, first mention that keep an eye on the Todd Gurley and David Johnson situations. And I think if either of those guys are out, their backups become strong plays. We have Malcolm Brown at 4,800 bucks, Chase Edmonds, 5,200 bucks. So we'll, we'll see, you know, hopefully we'll have an idea at least by Sunday morning on those guys. But I like Le'Veon Bell for cash, 6,800 bucks. Usage has been unbelievable. He has 22 plus opportunities in all four games this season. Back in week one, his only game so far with Sam Darnold, it was 17 carries and nine targets for Le'Veon Bell. Um, matchup's good here, too, against Dallas, who's 20th in Football Outsiders' run defense rankings, giving up 4.6 yards per carry through running backs. Cowboys are also 21st in Football Outsiders' running back coverage rankings, and they've allowed the second most catches and the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. So, you know, big upside for Bell on the ground and in the passing game this week. Yeah, projected for high ownership, but I'm going to ignore that. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to submit a lineup this week anywhere that doesn't have Le'Veon Bell in it. I won't be doing that. 
So he's my cash guy too. I'll go ahead and jump into the tournament and say Derrick Henry at 6,700 bucks. And I mentioned him last week and it's basically the same logic as it was against the Bills, except now they're facing a defense that isn't particularly good against the pass or the run so far. So that should help Tennessee keep the ball, score points. Henry didn't have big numbers against Buffalo, but he did carry 20 times, 78 yards and a touchdown. So he didn't really let us down either. Denver's allowing the fifth most running back fantasy points across fantasy formats so far, uh, facing the eighth most running back carries to this point. The Chargers were the first team last week that did not have a running back touchdown against Denver this season. The first three Denver opponents totaled five running back rushing scores all by their lead backs in those games. And then the game after that was Leonard Fournette going for 225 yards. So there's big game potential for Henry here. I was going to say, yeah, Fournette had that huge game. And I think, you know, if there's a running back most similar to Fournette in the NFL, it's Derrick Henry. So, yeah, if only like, Derrick Henry would catch a few passes, that would even be better. <laughs> that would be nice. But, you know, we can't, we can't get too greedy. Uh-huh. I had Mark Ingram down as my tournament play. So I, I'm with you there. You you made the argument for him. I'll also throw out Alvin Kamara. You know, we, we just saw Christian McCaffrey crush the Jags both on the ground and through the air. And I think, you know, Kamara is sort of like the most similar guy in the league to Christian McCaffrey. So I could see a big Kamara day this week. Yeah. His salary and own rate are both down this week versus previous, yep. I believe. Yep. All right. So over at wide out, what you got on the cash side? Cooper Cup has just been money in the bank, so I'm going to keep going back to him. 7800 bucks this week. Another game here between the Niners and Rams that is going to be fast-paced. Both these teams rank top four in situation neutral pace, so I do think there's going to be a lot of points on the board here, even though you know the Niners' D is legit, but I think the Rams' offense will you know figure out a way to get things done this week. Cup's been awesome, been scoring fantasy points been getting targets he leads all he leads the league in targets with 63 it's actually eight more than any other player and slot receivers have had some success against the 49ers so far um you had chris godwin catch three balls for 53 yards and a score tyler boyd caught 10 balls for 122 yards juju smith schuster went three catches 81 yards and a score and then last week jarvis landry had four catches for 75 yards yeah i don't i still don't think that that secondary is you know, a fortress by any means. The defense is good overall, but I'll, I'll take Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's like the wide receiver version of Christian McCaffrey so far. Yeah, he really has been. I will still keep playing Larry Fitzgerald. I think I've played him every week so far, and it feels like it's been disappointing, but he's had five plus catches in every game. So maybe he's not getting, maybe he hasn't had the ceiling game yet that uh, we keep hoping for based on the target count and the red zone work, but He's he. It's not. It's not like he's giving me Mike Evans games either. So at fifty six hundred bucks, he's a good value. It's a good spot for him in that matchup with Atlanta that we've already mentioned. He is tied for. So he ranks eighteenth in Fanduel points per game among main slate wide receivers so far. He's tied for twenty eighth among non injured main slate wide receivers in price. So the value is obviously there, and there's you know huge upside against what has been easily the friendliest wide receiver defense so far in the league. There have been three straight games of multiple wide receiver touchdowns against the Falcons who have allowed the second most offensive touchdowns overall. Yeah, I would love to know why FanDuel isn't raising, you know, Fitz's price at least into the 6,000s, but I agree. I think we keep playing him if he's at 56. What about Turney's? What are you playing? Turney's. Um, I got Julio Jones here. Um, you know, I sort of lean towards DeAndre Hopkins as the wide receiver to pay up for on DraftKings because he's $600 less than Julio. Over on FanDuel, it's just a $100 difference. So Julio Jones against this Cardinal secondary still without Patrick Peterson is just such a mismatch i mean atlanta has to attack that matchup i'd be surprised if they don't i think you know julio has a had a couple of quiet games here i think he bounces back big this sunday 
Yeah, I mean, this just, it really seems like one of those games where we could get like 16 Julio Jones targets where he catches, you know, 12 to 14 of them. For 200 yards. Right. I would not be so, I mean, I, I, I think that that's within the realm of possibilities where he just has this obnoxious game like yep. what Fuller did last week. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley at 5,500 is also in play, and there could be a way to differentiate if you do want to do a Matt Ryan lineup. You could do Matt Ryan with both Julio and Calvin Ridley and you know pivot away from Austin Hooper, who's going to be highly owned. I think Stephon Diggs is also in play on FanDuel at 5,800 bucks. The Vikings have had three lopsided wins and two losses. The matchup does not strike me as a lopsided win. Uh, it's They're only three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I think the game will be close enough. And it's not friendly for rushing. So it's set up for there to be decent passing volume. Diggs is $1,400 cheaper than Thielen. He has hit seven targets twice so far. He did so in each of the losses. I'm not saying Minnesota loses this game, but if they throw the ball a bit more, we have at least seen okay target counts for Diggs when they have thrown the ball more. And the Eagles are the third friendliest wide receiver matchup on the slate this week behind only Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Panthers are not on the slate, of course. They face Tampa Bay, so that takes out one of the teams ahead of them. So Diggs is also projected for just 3% ownership. So if you do get him in a blow-up game, you're going to beat a lot of the field by having him in your lineup. Yeah, the fact that Stephon Diggs at 5800 bucks against the Eagles isn't a must-play is just very sad. <laughs> I agree. D.D. Westbrook, I'll throw out too at 5400 I, I mentioned to you, I wanted to like him on DraftKings, but he's too close in price to D.J. Chark there. On FanDuel, yep. though, $1,100 cheaper than D.J. Chark, 2.5% projected ownership, and a matchup with P.J. Williams in the slot. So it, all that we need, I think, for D.D. Westbrook this week is targets. Yep, I like that call. All right. So over to tight end, what are you doing? Tight end cash game, um, George Kittle, $6,500. You know, you, you mentioned on the DraftKings podcast that the Rams have been better against tight ends this season now that they have Eric Weddle. Uh, Football Outsiders has them second in their tight end coverage rankings. Um, the Rams, though, 17th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end, so they are giving up some production. And I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll take George Kittle in a matchup with pretty much anyone, I think. I think he's too cheap here. Eric Weddle versus George Kittle could be a fun one to watch on Sunday. I'll be watching. For cash, for me, I, I really I'll, I can take any of the guys in the six thousand to sixty five hundred range. Uh, Hooper is going to be highly owned, which is I, I think not only it makes him worth considering as a fade in tournaments, but I think it's worth considering fading him even in like a fifty fifty because you know if anything doesn't go his way, he could take down a large portion of the field. And there's lots of other attractive tight ends in that same range. So I'm not saying don't play Austin Hooper, but I am saying it's worth considering whether to fade him based on that owner. Yeah, that's fair. On the tourney side, I like Mark Andrews at 6300 bucks. He's apparently headed for low ownership after three relatively down weeks. I mean, they're not down compared to the rest of the tight ends, but they're way down compared to what he did the first two weeks. He's still mm-hmm. seen seven-plus targets in every game, though, and we already hit on how good the matchup is for him facing the Bengals, who are second worst in tight end coverage in the league so far, according to Football Outsiders. Yeah, Andrews is my guy, too, um, and I like the low ownership. I like, too, I mean, you look at FanDuel, and they have the Bengals eighth best against tight ends and you know in fantasy points allowed. We have the Bengals eighth in our adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. But then if you dig into the numbers, Cincinnati's only faced 19 tight end targets all season. On those targets, they've allowed a 74% catch rate and 15.3 yards per catch. So it's just been a matter of teams not using their tight ends against the Bengals yet. That's going to change this week. You know, Andrews has been involved, heavily involved 
in the Ravens passing game. Um, he has seven plus targets in all five games. So I, I think it's sort of a sneaky good matchup where if you just look at the fantasy points allowed, it might look tough, but in reality, it's, it's a nice spot for Andrews. Right. The Bengals aren't doing anything well on defense so far. In a couple <laughs> right. of spots, it looks like they're tougher than they really are because only so many guys can score on a particular play. And if you're letting three 49ers running backs, for example, produce, then, you know, the other guys on the 49ers aren't really going to have opportunities to produce in that game. Exactly. If you do want to avoid the more expensive guys, no offense at 4,500 bucks, Tennessee's mm-hmm. 10th and 7th in wide receiver coverage against the top two wideout spots, 27th against tight ends, the 7th biggest fantasy boost so far, two tight end scoring according to our strength of schedule page. So if you do want to save money there and go away from the high high price guys, no offense, going to have a week that helps us at some point. He is, and I, I was on him last week, and he let me down. So that's probably why I'm like shying away this week. But I mean, last week's game was just strange with Denver jumping out to the big lead, and they just didn't have to throw a lot. Yeah. Uh, over at Flex, what do you like? Um, I wanted to mention Tevin Coleman here, who's just $5,000. You know, he, He's one of these guys where he played on Monday night, so his salary didn't adjust despite a pretty encouraging game on Monday night. Um, you know, Coleman led the 49ers backfield in carries. Um, again, I think 49ers Rams should be a high scoring game. So it's, it's a game we want a piece of. And for just 5,000 bucks, you know, Coleman's way too cheap. Yeah. I found Tevin Coleman on the waiver wire in one of my leagues this week. I was surprised wow. I went ahead and blew the rest of my waiver budget on him. Makes sense. I think, uh, Alvin Kamara, I have down here, Mark Ingram at 7,500 Damian Williams for a tournament at 6,600 mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde at 6,000, one of the league's most run friendly matchups, a high scoring game. I think, it's I think it's tournament only for Hyde, even on FanDuel, because if they do fall behind in this game, he could just see 10 carries. That's the way it's been so far. Hyde's seen 20 plus in two of their games, both victories. He has seen 12 carries or fewer in each of the other three, including their two losses. Yeah, I agree. Wide range of outcomes for Hyde this week. So he'd be tournament only for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense, what are you playing? Um, I like the Vikings in cash games and tournaments. Um, Thirty six hundred bucks, so they check in as the top dollars per point value based on our projections. Um, they're sixth so far this season in Fanduel points per game, averaging eight point six. They're at home this Sunday, and, and and I sort of felt like the Vikings D always plays good at home, so I just I, I actually went and looked at the numbers um, this season so far. They've scored sixteen and seven Fanduel points in their two home games. And in their last seven, or sorry, their last 10 home games dating back to the start of last season, the Vikings have averaged 4.1 sacks and 1.3 takeaways per game. So, you know, we'll, we'll take that. Yeah, I agree. The Eagles have been a negative scoring matchup for defenses so far, but I think that they have the capacity to be a positive one, especially when they're at Minnesota. So I agree with them as a top value. I think it's also worth considering the Seahawks at 4,100. And Tennessee at 4700 if you want to like differentiate in a tournament. But I, I don't think that the Vikings are going to be highly owned, that you have to go in that direction. Yeah, that's it. I don't have the fan share number in front of me, but uh, Minnesota wasn't projected so high that I'll be you know staying away from them in tournaments. I'm just glad that the Patriots defense is <laughs> off the slate, so we cannot worry about having to try to play them. Right, yeah, because I mean, if they were, and they put up that performance and you didn't play them, you're, you're already dead. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this week six edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week six rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections, and then mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try to win yourself some money this week. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other to try to win each other's money in the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, 
I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 